It's the show the establishment warned you about. That's right. It's the Dr. Tommy Show. Thank you for joining us again on Rumble Live. And if you're listening on the podcast, thank you as well. We are broadcasting from the free state of Florida from Echelon Health Studios in the heart of Florida at Tampa in Tampa. Glad you're here. And if you're uh, listening for the first time, welcome. And please uh, subscribe and uh, share with your friends if you've already heard before. So this past week, uh, the big news has been Tucker Carlson's dismissal from Fox News and liberals are chanting and celebrating so much that you'd, you'd think that Rush Limbaugh had been canceled. <clears throat> That's reason why um, there's a good reason for that. And the reason for that is that Tucker Carlson actually matter, matters when it comes to forming opinions and influencing um influencing uh, politics and that's one of the things we're going to talk about today we're also going to talk about uh all kinds of different things phil jackson's in trouble for uh not being sufficiently woke uh we have new woke mortgages now where you're going to have to pay more if you have a high credit score talk about some of the double standards with uh trying to figure out who leaked the dobbs report or the dobbs draft and all kinds of different things also talking about um uh, Trump, Donald Trump, and seeing if if he is going to be able to hold off all of the challengers, and if so, what that means for the general election. So first, to start off with Tucker Carlson. So Tucker got canceled. He got fired. They said it was a uh, amicable, or what? You know, they said it was a uh, mutually agreed upon. But apparently, when you look at all of the media reports, he was basically not. He didn't know he was going to get fired that day. He probably thought he was going to get fired at some point, but he, went, he didn't know he was going to get fired that day. If you look at Tucker. Over the last couple of years, he's actually taken the place of Rush in terms of being the voice of, I would call it the uh, most influential voice on the right. Uh, he has been able to formulate opinions and analysis that helps to shape the political landscape such that people who tune in, politicians, will change their feelings based upon what Tucker has said. And so for that reason, he had to go. And there was a full court press put on to do this by uh, people like Chuck Schumer, AOC, um, and then probably behind the scenes, a, a lot of Republicans, too, because Tucker was doing things that weren't really uh, what you would call mainstream as far as the political discourse was concerned, such as airing January 6th footage, talking about January 6th as if it was not a uh, full on insurrection set forth by uh, MAGA Republicans and and um, and and uh, an attempt to overthrow the republic, as we we're told by uh, people like Mitch McConnell and even Kevin McCarthy originally. Although he's kind of backtracked a little bit on that, but anyway, Tucker represented something that had to go, and that was something someone who was effective. Tucker Carlson was effective because he was able to cut through some of the media. Uh, subterfuge and really get at the heart of what some of the matters are in the in the United States, and that was something that Rush was able to do too. Rush was one of these guys where he didn't just report; he analyzed. And when you analyze things, it opens up uh, a viewpoints of others. So, for instance, you can tune into Fox News or um, MSNBC, for instance, and let's say you tune into Fox News and you're you're conservative or somebody. And not to say that Fox News is conservative. That's a big misconception that people have that Fox News is some kind of bastion of conservatism. A lot of people who have never 
really ventured outside of mainstream news, so corporate news, uh, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, Fox News, things like that. Liberals in particular think that Fox News is somehow conservative. Fox News is nothing more than non-liberal. Now, they may have opinion shows where there are conservatives, but for the most part, Fox News is basically non-liberal. And if you're going to say that they're conservative, you, you've really missed the really missed the boat. If you're a liberal out there listening and you want to find out what's really conservative, it's not Fox News. Really conservative stuff doesn't exist in the mainstream media. And that's the point of why people like Rush were very popular because Rush offered something that you couldn't get anywhere else. And that was pure unadulterated conservatism or liberty oriented uh, viewpoints. And so some of the things that Tucker was talking about were more in the lines of uh, what you what you would not consider establishment conservative thinking. So if he talked about illegal immigration, well, the conservative mainstream viewpoint on immigration is, is that immigration's kind of good. Immigration's uh, something that we should work on. And if it's illegal, maybe we should work on maybe making it, um, maybe making, uh, you know, Maybe stopping the illegal immigration for now, but maybe giving amnesty to those who are still here. And that's a big thing of what is about DACA and all that. So when you have a person like Tucker, who's effective, who's analyzing things and breaking things down uh, differently, then then that person is a is a is a is a threat. And then he has to go. Well, the big news is that Tucker is gone, but he's not going to be gone forever. Tucker will be back. And one of the things that we forget is that people who are made uh, by networks, let's say people who rely on networks, once they get fired, they're gone. But people who are able to break through and not be beholden to a certain medium, let's say uh, they can, they can uh, flourish anywhere. And so Rush used to make a big point about saying, and the media never made him. So the media won't be able to break him. And I think the same thing's true of Tucker. So we'll see what happens. Uh, probably what will end up is he'll end up doing his own thing, uh, sort of like a Dave Rubin. And um, I think that's where you'll have to go. If you if you want to get more uh, good, let's say, if you want uh, uh, something that, if you want a conservative opinion that is, is, is valuable, let's say, you're going to have to go to some of the independent outlets because the corporate outlets – you're not going to get that. Sean Hannity's still on Fox News, but you never hear anybody saying they're going to watch Fox News still because Sean Hannity's there. Nothing against Sean, but Sean is a mainstream kind of corporate um, corporate guy now. You know he has to be. He's he, you know I don't blame him for that. He has to be beholden to what Fox News says. So so if Fox News says you can't cover um, two thousand mules, well he can't cover two thousand mules even though 2000 mules is probably one of the most eye opening documentaries made regarding elections, at least in my, in my lifetime, talking about how mules were used to traffic, uh, traffic votes. So, you know, this is something that you can't say on YouTube, for instance, and this is why we're listening on rumble, but, you know, things like 2000 mules, things like insurrections, not being insurrections. Those are the things you can't really cover on Fox news. And so you'll have to go outside of Fox news for that. And so that's for one reason, that's a good thing that Tucker's gone. So he's able to do that better. So, but if you, if, if you're, a, if you're, 
if you're only a consumer of mainstream news, like I said, like Washington Post, New York Times, you'll think that Washington that you'll you'll think that conservatism is what you see in in on the Fox News, but that's not real conservatism. Um, I got this thing on drtommy.com slash podcast. And if you go onto that website at the bottom, there's links. And so here's some real conservative stuff. So uh, American Greatness is conservative. Breitbart, for the most part, is conservative. Conservative Review is conservative. The Federalist is conservative. Uh, Imprimus is definitely conservative. Imprimus is a production uh, publication by Hillsdale College. You know, so these are the places you can go for real conservative news. Right Scoop is good. another good one. So anyway, Tucker Carlson's canceled off Fox, but he'll be back. And he can't be canceled if, like I said, you're not made by a certain group, a uh, certain establishment. You can't be canceled by that same establishment. It just doesn't work that way. There's this thing from Samuel Alito, Gateway Pundit, another conservative site. It says, uh, this is about the the Dobbs draft, which overruled or overturned Roe v. Wade. It says, Quote, they made us targets. Justice Alito says he knows who leaked the Dobbs draft. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito says he knows who leaked the Dobbs draft to Politico last year. A draft of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was leaked to Politico's senior legal reporter Josh Gerstein last May via Politico. Quote, the Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision, according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Samuel Alito, circulated inside the court and obtained by Politico. So this is a crime. This is a crime. Uh, I'm sure if this was a a, a report that was not uh, that was against liberals, for instance, if this was some type of report that was meant to sway the public to vote against a liberal position on the court, this would be called a crime. But we we never even heard anything about this as being a crime or or reported or I'm sorry, investigated by Hoover's boys. And so Samuel Alito says he knows he he thinks he knows who leaks the draft. And so if Samuel Alito knows, then surely everybody on the court knows. And that means that the Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice knows as well. And I think the reason that we don't know who know who leaked the draft is because it's not really in the interest of the mainstream establishment political culture to know who did that. Because the same reason it's not in our interest to know what is in the manifesto of the Christian school shooter. And the reason for both of those is that it's harmful to left-wing ideology and left-wing ideology is what rules the day when it comes to the end of the when it comes to the end of the day you cannot you cannot harm left wings or, or left wingers or left-wing ideology i was listening to dennis prager the other day and he said the most feared thing in the in in the world is fear of the left at least politically so you are not allowed to speak out against left-wing things so you're not allowed quote unquote allowed to speak out against Transgender, uh, transgender uh, affirmation surgery of young children. You're not allowed to speak out against drag queen story hour for young children. You're not allowed to speak out against affirmative action. You're not allowed to speak out against what I'm going to speak out against later today. Uh, socialist policies for mortgages where you have to pay more if you're a person with a good credit score so that you can use some of your money to give to someone who has a poor credit score to help help the bank uh, not lose money on that mortgage. So this is something where if this was, like I said, this was a, a liberal thing that was being 
called under assault, then if it was leaked, the person who did the leaking would be known within 24 hours. But because it was against conservatives, we don't have to worry about that. So it says here, this Wall Street Journal reported, Justice Alito said the marshal did, quote, a good job with the resources were available to her and agrees with the evidence that the evidence was insufficient for a public accusation. I personally have a pretty good idea who's responsible, but that's different from the level of proof that is needed to name somebody. So the Hoover's boys, when Bubba Wallace thought there was a noose in his garage. Now, now Bubba Wallace is a drives a car, okay? Bubba Wallace drives a car for a private company in a private uh, sports organization called NASCAR. That's his job. He drives it in a circle. And if he drives it in a circle fast enough and he doesn't crash, Bubba Wallace gets to win. And that's what Bubba Wallace does for a living. So this is an important thing, obviously, in America. We need to find out if someone put a noose or, or, or Bubba Wallace thinks a noose was in his garage, then we need to know that. And not only do we need to know that, Hoover's boys need to investigate that. And they sure did. Bill Barr sent his boys down there, or when Bill Barr was attorney general, that the Hoover's boys went down there and uh, investigated this garage pool. And this was the noose that um, Bubba Wallace thought he saw. And it turned out to be a garage pool, something you use to pull down a door. Happened to be fashioned in a loop as nooses are fashioned. Uh, And so Bubba Wallace took that, obviously, as racism. And then they had this big ceremony where Bubba Wallace was in his car. And it was beautiful. Bubba Wallace was in his car. And his car was off. And all of the other people in NASCAR who were white got around Bubba Wallace and pushed his car. And that was a sign that they were going to not let these racist uh, door garage door pulls uh, influence them. And they were standing behind Bubba Wallace. Well, it turned out after all the investigation was done that Hoover's boys found out that indeed this was not a racist hate crime, but this was something like a Jesse Smollett uh, hoax for the most part. And even if it wasn't, done purposely like Bubba like Bubba uh, or like um, Jesse Smollett did uh, even if he thought it was a garage pool noose that was intended to be racist uh, it wasn't and so it was basically BS and so Bubba Wallace but he got he got Hoover's boys to do that now now compare that to this this is a leak of a Supreme Court decision which is a legal decision which is going to impact every state in the United States. So on one hand, we have a guy who drives a race car in a circle. And if he drives it fast enough, he's going to be the winner. And he's going to get a, he's going to get a trophy, maybe. That's the guy who Hoover's boys are sent to investigate. But not this thing. This, so we can't, the, the marshal didn't have enough resources. So the marshal could not find out who did this because they didn't have enough resources. And, and Justice Alito understands that. But if this was a liberal position that was being threatened, you could better well believe that Hoover's boys or somebody more than just the marshal would have been figuring out who the hell did this. But because it's a conservative thing, and like I said before, because it's something that would be oh, harmful to the leftist movement, harmful to leftists, make liberals sad. If this came out, that 
this was a liberal who leaked this. This was a liberal who broke the law. This was a liberal person who did something that was uh, universally recognized as wrong. Then that would look, that would look bad for liberals. But because conservatives in the government are weaklings for the most part, and because the uh, all of the media outside of like those few that I talked about earlier, the media is controlled by uh, either liberals or their controlled opposition like fox news is controlled opposition um we we would never really hear about anything to do with you know who is the person and there's no outrage about it there's no outrage like there would be if this was a leak that was against a liberal position from the supreme court and so hoover's boys could not go in here and figure this out but it's the same thing with the uh with the uh manifesto the manifesto from this shooter if this shooter god forbid if there was a shooter that had targeted something that was considered leftist. And the, the thing is, is there are things, there are shooters that have done this. Remember the shooting in the nightclub in California? It was a gay nightclub. And the media was so excited about this because they were finally had their man. They finally had their uh, person who was going to be, uh, you know, probably a, a Trump supporter, probably wearing a MAGA hat while he did it. Probably used an AR-15 weapon of war well it turns out it wasn't it was a gay person so that quickly vanished off the off the um, story or off the headlines so anyway same thing with the uh like i said with the christian school shooter probably a left-wing christian hating maniac who did this and it's clear in her writings that this was the case but we'll never hear it even though they say now that they're going to release part of the manifesto or something like that i don't believe it like I said before, I don't believe they'll ever release the manifesto in anything that can be damaging to the left because they're left or they're controlled opposition of the left, which is basically all of mainstream media and mainstream politics. I think people don't realize that, that politics, government is basically a dominion of the left because the left is the party of government. When, they, when you first had the whole designation of left and right wing, the left wing is called the left wing because the left wing supported the government. That's what the left is. That's historically what the left is. The left is the party of government. And the left is the party of government. And government exists to exert power. And people who are leftists want power. I try to make a distinction between left and uh, liberals. Because liberals uh, aren't necessarily leftists. Okay. Leftists are people who want power, who want to destroy anybody who stands in their way, and people who want to, for instance, silence people like Tucker Carlson. A leftist doesn't want to engage in debate. A leftist wants you silenced. A leftist wants you sent to the gulags. A leftist wants you not to have rights. That's what a leftist is. Liberals aren't like that. Liberals may have a liberal opinion, and they may disagree with you strongly. But liberals, when I say a liberal, I don't think speak of someone who is a leftist. So I'll try to make that distinction because people can disagree on things. You know, you can have a disagreement about affirmative action without being a leftist. It may be completely wrong. It may be completely misguided. But again, they may allow you to have your opinion. Now, if you are a leftist who put, supports affirmative action, or something like that, or abortion on demand, or whoever, whatever, pick your case, or gun control, you'll say something like this. Look, 
I, I don't I don't agree with your stance on affirmative action. And if you keep talking, I want your ass put in a gulag. And I don't want you to be able to have a platform. You're like AOC. You're a leftist. AOC says, we deplatform Tucker Carlson, and that's a good thing. So that's what leftists talk about is canceling people. That's what cancel culture is a phenomenon of the left. Cancel culture is a, an extension of what uh, Joseph Stalin used to do. Joseph Stalin used to cancel people, but he canceled them in real life. Uh, he canceled them out of out of pictures, and then they were subsequently canceled from the universe, much in the same way people were canceled in 1984, vaporized, gone from history, lifted from the pages, never to be seen or heard from again, and never even to be remembered. That's what leftists like to do. Leftists are inheritors of the uh, spirit of Bolshevism, the spirit of uh, of, of um, Lenin, you know, and, and Stalin and Mao. Those are leftists. That's what leftists are. Liberals aren't necessarily like that. Although you could progress to that, I think. You could also come back from it. There's a lot of leftists. I'm sorry, not leftists. Well, there are some people who migrate from being a leftist to a liberal all the way back to conservative. And then there's some people like, uh, what's his name? Bill. I can't even remember his name. American stand, American, uh, not even American stand weekly standard. Bill crystal. He was a neoconservative. Now he's a, I don't know what he is, but he's paid by uh, liberals. So he speaks liberal talking points and now he's a Democrat, but usually you don't see it that way. You usually see it the other way. As the saying goes, if you're young and you are, don't have a heart, I'm sorry, if you're young and not liberal, you don't have a heart. And if you're older and not conservative, you don't have a brain. No offense to any liberals listening, but that's just the saying. I've never been a liberal, so I wouldn't know. I think liberals are good people, mostly. Liberals like JF, RFK Jr., for instance. You know, he's been on TV recently talking about things. And I think liberals have a good heart. And that's and that's what Ronald Reagan said. He says, you know, or was it Milton Friedman? said, you know, I think it was Milton Friedman. said, liberals are good people. They have a good heart. They have a soft heart. But often, too often, the softness of their heart extends to their brain. Meaning that they don't think things through. And that's just part of human nature. Liberals think more with their heart. Conservatives think more with their brain. Or feel, you know, liberals feel conservatives reason, I guess, is another way of putting it. And so if you come across something like affirmative action, for instance, you'll say, well, affirmative action's good because there is racism that is about. And because of racism, people of color or women can't get jobs because they are unfairly targeted or unfairly discriminated against. Therefore, affirmative action is a good thing because it just helps people, you know, it helps it helps everyone to be represented. It helps everybody get a job and everyone's treated equally. Well, a conservative will come and say, no, that's not true. Because even if there was a sexism or racism at some level in the system, quote unquote, by discriminating again against someone, that doesn't make things better. And you can make the argument that the racism or sexism or whatever that exists before when affirmative action was put in place doesn't even exist now. So it makes no sense to continue this 
uh, discriminatory policy, which is discriminatory against whites mostly, or men. But affirmative action is really a dangerous thing because what it does is it keeps people into groups and it tells people they're in groups that are have limits. And it tells people, so for instance, if affirmative action says, look, if you're a black person or you're a white, uh, I'm sorry, if you're a black person or a person of color, then you need extra help because you can't make it on your own. And then it conversely says, if you're a white person, you automatically have uh, some advantages that this black person doesn't have. So you're going to be unfairly penalized or you're going to be penalized. We don't think it's unfair because we think that you're being white is unfair. So therefore we're going to penalize you to make things even. And so that's kind of the way liberals and conservatives disagree. Now leftists, I don't think care about black people or brown people or anything, but leftists recognize that you can use a tool like affirmative action to break down the system. So liberal, I'm sorry, leftists want to break down, let's say capitalism or leftists want to break down republicanism. They want to have authoritarianism. And if doing so, if they can use something like race as a wedge to break people apart, then they'll do it. But socialists are no friends of minorities. And if you're talking about people of color in a, you know, European typical more European society like uh, United States, at least, you know, for the next decade or so, it's going to be majority white. And at some point it won't be anymore either way. But, but in the end, uh, the socialist communists are not, which are leftists are not any friends of uh, minorities. And in fact, they really actually persecute minorities. And uh, if you, if you don't believe that, look at some of the gulags and see who they're filled with. Uh, they're filled with minorities in, in places like in Soviet Union, for instance. And there's this big thing about saying, well, you know, Hitler was a, a right winger. Hitler wasn't a right winger. Fascism is not a right wing ideology. Fascism is a form of authoritarianism. So we get into this right wing versus left wing thing. We say, well, right wing is uh, the, the popular thing is to say that fascism is right wing and communism is left wing. That's a completely wrong way to look at it. Left wing is government. Left wing is authoritarianism. And it doesn't matter if that authoritarianism means that the government owns everything or the government controls everything. That's what happens with fascism is the government directs and controls everything. That's what we're working towards here. We're working towards a situation where the government doesn't necessarily own anything as they would in communism, but the government controls everything. The government controls every, every movement. And that's what we're working towards here. But they're both leftward movements or pro-government movements, or pro-authoritarian movements. Anyway, so Samuel Alito knows who leaked the Dobbs draft, but we'll never know. And it, we won't know because it doesn't, it doesn't help the left movement and Republicans and Congress and things like that. They're so weak. They'll never fight for it. They're just so weak. It's, it's terrible. Sound like Donald Trump then. <laughs> They're so weak. Anyway, speaking about Donald Trump, Trump is uh, so far up in the polls now. He's considering not doing any debates, and he's up by 40%, I think, in some polls. But he's up over people who are like Nikki Haley, for instance. No one is going to vote for Nikki Haley outside of 1% of the population, if that. Nikki Haley is going to get fewer votes probably than percentage-wise than Jeb Bush. 
So he's up against people like Nikki Haley and Tim Scott. Tim Scott's a nice guy, but I see no compelling reason to vote for Tim Scott. Um, but Ron DeSantis has not declared yet, but Ron DeSantis is apparently going to. They've passed a law now in Florida. They haven't passed it yet. He hasn't signed it. But the legislature has passed a law that says that you do not have to resign to run. Previously, that was the case in Florida, where if you held office in Florida and you were seeking another office, you had to resign from your current office in order to run for another one. And they have signed a or they've passed the uh, resign to run uh, revocation, I guess you call it. So you no longer have to resign to run. So once once DeSantis signs that, he will be free to announce for president and run for president, which I wish he would not do, because I think this year is going to be. A, a messy, messy primary, primarily because of Donald Trump, as he is a mudslinger. And I think no matter who the nominee is, they are not going to win in 2024, as I've said before, because the Democrats still have the elections figured out, rigged, whatever you want to call it. The Democrats know how to win in the swing states. And and it is not by getting people to the polls to vote. Let's put it that way. Democrats can get ballots, but they're not. If if there was a way to make it to where the only people who could vote absentee ballot or by paper ballot or whatever remotely or beforehand, not even beforehand, if the only way that you could vote not in person, whether it be on the election day or the two weeks before that you have to vote. If they could make it a, a law or a way that the only way you could not vote that way is if you had a valid reason not to vote. Or, let's put it this way, even if you had just requested a absentee ballot that they verified the signature on, then if they had that, then there would be an actual, um, there would actually be a competition for president. But the way that it's done now, where you have thousands and hundreds of thousands of ballots just coming in mailbags, different batches. Nobody knows where they're coming from. Signatures don't match. Um, You have trafficking of ballots. See 2,000 mules and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, You have 100% turnout almost in some precincts. You have precincts where not one vote is cast for a Republican. If the Democrats have figured out how to do that through various means, uh, there's no way that Republicans are going to win. And so that's why I don't feel like it matters who the Republican nominee is. And the truth is, is the Republicans may never win another election. The only way the Republicans may win another election is if they do like they do in UK. The quote-unquote conservative party in UK is indistinguishable from the Democrat party in the United States for the most part. The Republican or the sorry, the conservative party in the UK is the quote unquote opposition party of the Labour Party. And they are both liberal parties. They are both pro uh, big government. They are both pro vaccine, forced vaccine, quote unquote, MRA shots. They are both part of the green movement, you know, part of uh Let's let's get rid of fossil fuels and promote green energy, even though green energy is never going to be able to take over for what fossil fuels do, including natural gas. But we know in the meantime that the people who are invested in the green energy are going to make a buttload of money 
And those people are our buddies and we're going to probably make some money too. So let's all go in on the green movement there for that too. So that's the only reason that's the only way I think under the current circumstances with the current way that we vote in the United States with mail on ballots, with, with very, very shady turnouts that are statistically improbable, if not impossible. What's the, with the way that that happens um, there's no way that a Republican will win another presidential election in this country unless the Republican goes Democrat light, light enough that they can get enough Democrats to vote for them and overcome any of this uh, chicanery that happens. And so that may, that may be what happens. Basically, think of Lindsey Graham or someone like Lindsey Graham or perhaps Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, pro-gun control. Very weak Republican, not conservative at all. If that guy was or someone like him was to run for president, he may be able to win the GOP nomination. John McCain is another one. Those guys, they pose no threat to the Democrat Party establishment. They pose no threat. George W. Bush, you know, they come and go. They were a blip in the screen. Nothing significant happened. Government continued to grow. That's the most important thing. If you look at the the presidency of George W. Bush, government continued to grow under George W. Bush. He was a Republican, but it really didn't make any dent in the march towards bigger government. And that's what the left is, is the continued march toward bigger government, the continued dominance of the federal government over the states, the continued um, dependence or ex- extending dependence of citizens on the state. That's what... That's what the mantra of the left is. That's what their goal is. Because like I said, their goal in the end is to have control of everything. Authoritarianism. And you have to get authoritarianism through incremental fashion. Unless you're going to do it with tanks, which we don't do in America. But we have successfully done it, or the left has successfully done it, incrementally. Taking over schools, taking over the culture. Left wing has come, you know, dominates all that stuff. Or leftists do. So Phil Jackson got in trouble because he said that he doesn't watch the NBA anymore. Uh, and he stopped watching it during the bubble when they had that down in Orlando. And then he got uh, caught on the carpet by Jalen Rose. But, you know, I I, I, I sympathize with uh, Phil Jackson, but I didn't stop watching the NBA during the bubble. I stopped watching the NBA in about 1999 because they started becoming a little bit less about basketball uh, which was, which was, you know, like Larry Bird, Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, all those guys, and it became very uh, urban. It came like a, a subset of the urban culture, which you know nothing against urban culture. I know a lot of people like that, you know, rap and things like that, hip hop. But that's what NBA became basically an outgrowth of the urban culture, and I wasn't interested. But now it's not even that anymore. Now it's an outgrowth of straight up. Uh, uh, straight up, you know, left wing culture. And uh, so uh, Phil Jackson said, you know, they had things on their back like justice and they made a funny thing like justice went to the basket and equal opportunity just knocked them down. So my grad kids thought that was pretty funny to play up those names. So I couldn't watch that. It goes, it was catering. He was trying to cater to an audience or trying to bring a certain audience into play. Uh, think left wing audience. They didn't know it was turning other people off. People want to see sports as non-political. There you go. That is not allowed. Everything, everything must be political. 
Everything must be political. From your beer, to your sports, to, uh, to your television shows, to the music you listen to, everything must be political if you're a leftist. And if it's not political, then you say what Jalen Rose says. Or if you don't believe that, then, then you say what Jalen Rose says. And then he says this. He goes, you can't make this stuff up. The same Phil Jackson that won championships with some of the greatest black athletes in the history of the game, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, made millions off their backs and their sweat equity. And he says, you're sitting there watching the games with your grandkids, and y'all think it's funny when justice passes the ball to equal opportunity. When somebody shows you who they really are, believe them. Stop watching forever. So Jalen Rose is really mad about that. So Jalen Rose thinks it must be political. You must see things the way I see them. And in sports cannot be non-political. You have to be woke. Woke is the is the uh, catch word of the day. You know, the first time I ever heard the word woke was actually having to do with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. Woke, uh, Mr. Chinese labor Nike guy, LeBron James. And he was admonishing people for not being woke on Twitter. And he was telling some other player, you need to get woke. And getting woke, what, what he meant by that was getting woke was basically what they used to call enlightened. So you need to get enlightened. You need to get woke. And woke is you're waking up from like the matrix and, and you're recognizing that everything around you is bad for uh, black people, for instance, if you're LeBron James. And America is a racist piece of crap country. And uh, we, we need to do more, uh, as I speak from as a millionaire, we need to do more to help people get opportunities in this country because you don't have any opportunities if you're black, according to LeBron James, who's a multimillionaire, probably a billionaire. So that's what they do, you know. So, so, so Phil Jackson thinks that the uh, NBA has gone a little bit too far into political. But like I said, I can see, I can feel your pain, Phil. I was there twenty years ago, twenty four years ago. Joe Biden has this new mortgage plan. We talked about it earlier. Says President, this is from Daily Mail, UK Daily Mail. What Biden's new mortgage rule means for you? Um, it says what Biden's new mortgage rule. What does Biden's new mortgage rule mean for you? How homeowners with good credit scores will pay three hundred seventy-five dollars more, while those who don't pay their bills on time will pay six thousand. Will will save six thousand. Sorry. So basically, what this is is there's a thing, and they're called a an loan. When you get a loan, it's called a loan level pricing adjustment (LLPA). Is a risk-based fee added onto the homeowner's closing cost. It effectively covers a bank for any losses they may incur, they may incur on a mortgage. So they have this mathematical formula they figured out, and they say, "Look, if we give this many mortgages, this many people with this many credit scores, then some of them will default on their mortgage. But if we put this fee in there, then we're not going to lose our ass on it, and we'll actually be okay." So it's 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 a hedge, okay. An LLPA is calculated using a series of factors, including the loan-to-value rate of the mortgage and the borrower's credit score. And therein lies the rub. It says the fee was introduced in April 2008 in response to the financial crisis. It does not apply to federal HFA, VA, or USDA loans, blah, blah, blah. And so what happens is you're going to have to pay more if you have a higher credit score and that money will be used to offset the risk that they did not take on the person with the actual risk. So let's say you roll into a bank and you have paid your bills on time. 
you make a good enough salary to cover your mortgage and uh, everything looks good on paper. And they're like, all right, let's make the deal. And then they say, well, we're going to give you this fee now. And this fee is going to be used along with other people's fee in order to cover our asses because we're going to make loans now to people who are risky. And those people very well may not pay their loans. And they're going to lose, we're going to lose money off them because they're going to foreclose, we're going to have to foreclose on them. They're not going to pay their loans. But that's not fair to charge them a fee. So we're going to charge the fee to you and that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. And see this guy over here? We're going to give him a discount on his mortgage. We're going to give him about $6,000 discount. And you're sitting there and you're like, I don't understand. Why am I being punished for doing good? And you're going to not only do that, but you're going to reward this guy. And they're like, welcome to social justice, my friend. And that's what they're going to do. So they're going to basically charge people who have higher credit scores more to pay, not only pay for the people who are getting, um, who are getting loans, but make them pay less than they would have paid already to insure them against their mortgage, basically. But this is, again, this is what happens when you say, uh, I want to take from each according to their needs, or I'm sorry, take from give to each according to their needs and take from each according to their ability. And that's the socialist mantra. We're going to take from those who have, you know, if you have some money, we're going to take it from you and we're going to give it to this guy who doesn't have any money because we're good people. And if you don't believe that, then you're, you're a, you're a racist, you're a, a bigot, you're a homophobe, whatever you want to pick in it. You are a bad person. And so if you come out against this mortgage thing, you're a bad person. But I don't care because I call balls and strikes, and that's not fair. That is not fair. Really, though, it's not fair how much houses cost. Houses cost so much because everybody has a mortgage. didn't used to be that everybody had a mortgage. It's the same with school education. Back in the day, you could buy a house. You know, It's the same with health insurance. Back in the day, third-party buyers, let's put it that way, if you go to a hospital today and you go to a hospital and you're insured and you have a medical illness and you come out of the hospital, a third party pays for your uh, pays for your admission. They pay for everything to do with your care except for whatever your, your your share is, if you have a deductible or whatever the case is. But the lion's share is paid by a third party. Well, if you have a school and you say, look, I want to go to school and I want to get a degree in a urban studies, and then I'm going to minor in gender studies. And I'm going to do this because I'm not that keen on getting up early. I'm going to stretch my four-year degree out to about six years. And then because I can't get a job, I'm going to go ahead and get a master's degree in this. And like, again, I'm not that cool with getting up early. So I'm going to stretch my master's degree out. It's going to take a few more years. And then I think I kind of like teaching and there's no jobs for gender studies in the real world unless you're a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, vice president, and all those jobs are kind of hard to come by. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to become a, I'm going to get a doctorate. So before you know it, you've spent 12, 12 years getting a doctorate in urban studies with a minor in gender studies and a PhD in uh, class warfare. So, but you say, look, I'm not going to pay for this. Uh, I want the government to pay for it. And because maybe I meet certain 
political or socioeconomic background status. Maybe I didn't even pay for any of this. Maybe I went to school on a Pell Grant. Or maybe I went to school on a very uh, low, low, um, low interest rate loan, and the government's footed the bill. What do I care if it costs me a lot of money, two hundred thousand dollars, to get this worthless degrees? Because it, it didn't cost me anything. It cost the government, and if it did cost me, it's going to cost me later. And I don't even think about that. And I may default on my loans either way, or I may have Joe Biden. I may petition him to pay for my student loans, give me student loan forgiveness. And so that's what you do. And so the price of it goes up, 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 up. Same with healthcare, up, 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 up. And so then uh, the bank stepped in and said, "Look, we have to finance your, uh, we have to finance your house. You can't just pay cash for a house." So the prices of houses go up, 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 up. Same thing with cars. You know, banks, uh, everything has to be financed now. Do you know people finance phones? Most people out there listening probably finance their phone. You know, you pay monthly on your phone. You're financing your phone. Unless the payment that you make is exactly how much it would cost if you paid for it cash, then you're not financing your phone. Otherwise, you're financing your phone. But that's the way of the future because the banks know that that's the way you get a lot of money. Because you take a little bit from people every week, they don't really realize. It's like the rent-to-own thing. You know? Oh, you can't afford to buy a couch? Well, you can rent it to own. Well, how much is that? That's eh, $8 a week. Oh, that's not too bad. For how long? Five years. Well, you, you add that up and you're like, good Lord. That's an expensive couch and it's Probably, uh, you know, it probably ain't going to be around in five years when I pay it off, but it doesn't matter because by the time you don't pay it off, let's say you don't pay it off, your credit's probably ruined anyway. So you don't care if your credit gets ruined. Plus, if they made you pay for two years for it, then they've already made their money back. So they don't care. But that's the reason that, you know, we have to have all this high mortgages and everything because the, the banks have to finance everything. Everything must be financed in modern society. Uh, so what else do we got here? The, uh, this thing is sad. This is about this. This is from uh, Breitbart. It says New York times migrant children being abused, trafficked after release in the U S explodes under Biden, explodes under Biden. So the basically, this is a story that says that the, uh, people who are being, Unaccompanied alien children are reported to federal officials who are subjected to abuse has exploded under Joe Biden. And this is one of the saddest things you'll ever see is the children that are coming to the border who got there and they're there basically to get quick entry into the border because they say, this is my child or something like that. And we're, we're fleeing from fleeing from Ecuador or something for political persecution. And that child has been trafficked. That child has been raped. That child has been brought against their will. And the reason that we're doing this is to get more future Democrats into the United States. They are the price that you pay for future Democrat uh, uh, dominance at the in the political for political for political dominance. It says here. Uh, According to bombshell data from the Department of Health and Human Services published in the New York Times, there has been an explosion in reports of abuse, neglect, and trafficking among UACs, unaccompanied alien children, after they are released to the sponsors in the U.S., most of whom are not their relatives. The data indicate that in the last few months of 2020, when former President Trump was in office, reports to HHS officials of abuse, neglect, and trafficking 
of UACs sat below just 50 calls. In early 2021, when Biden took office and blew open an expansive catch-and-release network for migrants, reports to HHS officials of abuse, neglect, and trafficking of UACs went from fewer than 50 calls in January 2021 to well over 250 calls by March of 2022, and averaging more than 200 calls a month since then. Isn't this terrible? This is so disgusting. Like I said, this is all done just so that the Democrats can have a future political uh, base to draw on for votes and also to draw on for census counting. So all these millions of people who are being imported from poor countries are being imported under the idea that, A, they will be here for a long time. B, in the future, if they become citizens, they will vote Democrat. C, if they are here, that they will put them in areas that can boost the census count so that they can have more representation and more electoral votes. Think California. And D, they're put here for the Republicans for their corporate interests so that they can have cheap labor. In the meantime, these children are being abused. Tracy told me an awful story about some child that was found eight years old who was basically couldn't communicate. And this child, when they was able to give the baby the child treatment, they found, I think it was 72 different genetic profiles where this poor child had been raped that many times. Here's a, here's a graph. That's the graph of the calls goes up, 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 just like the article says. This is done. Oh, but it's done for, you know, they are so duplicitous. They are so evil when they say, oh, we want these people coming here for a better life. They know these people are coming here to live in uh, these ghettos where they're going to maybe have a little bit better life than they had in Mexico, but they're never going to be able to succeed if they continue down the path that the Democrats have set for them, which is that of government dependence, that of, of single parenthood, that and the reason they're single parents is because if they get married, then they lose their benefits or, or they get less benefits. And they're just set up for failure. And they keep them in these rotten areas where the, where the schools are overcrowded. The schools are they're, they're not have enough money to fund them. And then all they can say is, well, then we need more public, more school funding, which helps the, helps the teachers unions because then you have to pay more administrators and administrators can kick back funds to the teachers unions. But anyway, these people are just here, but they're here because like Rush used to say, the Democrats need a permanent underclass in order to succeed. Because like we said before, the left is the party of government. Democrats are the party of government. And whether you're a leftist in the Democrat Party or you're just a liberal in the Democrat Party, the truth of the matter is, is the Democrat Party, at least on the national level, exists to further government control. And you cannot have people look to government if people are successful. That's the big difference between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, or at least between conservatives or or people who are are, are, um on the right side versus left side, right wing versus left wing is people on the people who are conservatives want people to succeed. They want people to do well. They want people to be independent. 
And that's why you always hear the left always talk about how bad it is and how they, they never say that you can make it on your own. You have to make it, but you can only make it if you are in their group. If you there, if you are shepherded through the horrors of the American uh, society with them, by them, you have to be helped. You have to be helped along the way. You have to have special programs. You have to have mortgages that are taking from one and giving to another, taking from your neighbor and giving to you. You have to have health care where they, uh, where, where you don't pay, you only pay $20 or you have it for free, but your neighbor pays a lot more because again, you need to take from those who have it and give it to those who don't. And the government's the intermediary. And the reason they're doing that is because they tell you, you can't do it on your own. And even if you tried to do it on your own, you're not going to be able to because the system is racist. That's the best one. That's the easiest one to say is the system is racist. And so if you, if you have this situation, you're going to have to have people who are uneducated. You're going to have to have people who are com, com, complacent for the most part, who are, who are happy or not necessarily happy, but they're not so unhappy that they won't move out of their situation. So that's another thing that they do on the left is that these government welfare programs, people live generational poverty or are on the brink of poverty, but they don't live poverty like you and I think of poverty. They live poverty from a monetary standpoint. I think it was um, Cato did a study. They do it every year, I think. But they do studies and they say, what does the average person who is living in poverty in the United States have? And they'll do things and they'll say, well, the average person who lives in poverty in the United States has a car, maybe two cars, air conditioning, color TV, flat screen TVs telephone, cell phone, you know, they don't really want for much. Now, if you offered someone a better way, they would say, yeah, I would like a better way. But if you say, look, here's the situation. You are disadvantaged, whatever the case is, racism caused it, homophobia caused it, bigotry caused it. For the most part, Republicans caused it. Let's think of it that way. Republicans caused you or conservatives caused you to be the way you are, but we're going to help you. We're going to give you this check every month and we're going to pay for your food and we're going to pay for your health care. And then the little bit of money that you do make either through your part-time job or work you do on the side or whatever the case is, you can use that to buy consumer goods. So you can buy your iPhones. You can, uh, you can, you can buy, uh, you know, you can, you can have a, Whatever you want. You you can have all the things that you want that you would normally have had if you worked for them. But because we're going to take care of all of your basic needs, you're going to be able to use that money to spend on things that you would nor- that you that you want. And so people say, OK, well, so you, they live in this kind of subsistence existence. And then they say, but in order to continue this way, you're going to have to continue to vote for us. Because if you don't. You know, those those mean conservatives out there, you know, they have it out for you. You're BIPOC. They don't like you. And they're never going to offer you uh, any jobs because it's racist. And, um, you know, they're homophobic or whatever the case is. And so, you know, you might as well just stick with us, keep voting for us. Eventually, we're going to get more and more for you. And then someday, maybe we'll get enough money given to you every month where you can have a really nice house. But for the most part, for the time being, you're going to have to live in this house. But that's, that standard of living is coming up. 
you know, they may live in your neighborhood now because they have Section 8. That is just regular neighborhood just like anybody else. So that's the other thing that they're trying to do with this uh, housing and urban development. They're trying to get rid of the suburbs because suburbs are white. Suburbs are successful, even though they're not necessarily white. Lots of people live in the suburbs, but that's why they promote it. The suburbs are too white. We need to make it uh, more more uh, more diverse. And so we're going to do that. Is we're going to say now that you know we're going to make we're going to make it to where the government is forcing communities to become more diverse by offering more affordable housing. And we're going to move these people who can't afford to live in nice places. We're going to move them to nice parts of neighborhoods. We're not going to have them on Martha's Vineyard, though. We can guarantee that. So if you're out there and you're thinking this is another uh, Martha's Vineyard attack on us, you know, the next thing you know, we're going to have these illegals uh, sent to us from Florida on an airplane. Don't worry about that. You're excluded. Not in your backyard. NIMBY for you. Barack Obama is not going to have to worry about any um, affordable housing built next to any of his mansions, whether it be in Hawaii or Chicago or Washington, D.C. Don't worry about that. But other people, you're going to have to you're going to have to deal with that. And sure, your housing costs may go down. I'm sorry, your uh, housing value may go down. Sure, crime may go up. Uh, sure, it may be like this other story we have here, where this people in Texas uh, live in this town where people shoot guns off all the time, and uh, his child and his his wife were shot. Sure, that may happen, but that's just the cost of what it takes to live in a diverse society. And we, the government, are going to give that to to them. So don't complain. This is that story. Fox News. Survivor who lost wife, son, in deadly Cleveland, Texas shooting speaks out. He says he shot him in the head. So this poor guy lives in this town called Cleveland, Texas. And listen to what they describe this as. People in the rural town of north of Houston are used to firing their weapons to blow off steam. But it was a late Friday night and Garcia had a month-old son who was crying. Mass shooting survivor. Okay, so Garcia said he and two other people went to the neighbor's house to respectively ask that this shooter stop shooting near their home. He told us to leave his property and he could do what he wanted to do. Uh, Garcia called the cops uh, and they rejected his request. The man shot some more. It could be now sounded louder. In the neighborhood of homes on one acre lots, Garcia could see the man on his front porch but couldn't tell what he was doing. His family contacted the continued to call the police. Five calls in all. Garcia said five times the dispatcher assured that help was coming. <clears throat> and then 10 to 20 minutes after Garcia had walked back from this person's house, I'm not going to say his name. The man started running towards him and reloading. I told my wife, this man has loaded his weapon. My wife told me to go inside because he won't fire at me. I'm a woman. The gunman walked up to the home and began firing. Garcia's wife was at the door. The house held five, 15 people in all. Several of them were friends who had been, there to join Garcia's wife on a church retreat. The gunman seemed intent on killing everyone, Garcia said. Two women died, uh, who died were killed while shielding the baby, two-year-old daughter, and a third girl, and a third child. It says Jose Chavarez, Chavarez, 18, was also killed. Good Lord. This is the thing, though, but this is the... You know, and here's this person's face, this piece of shit that is still out there. You know, this is what you remember when Donald Trump said, well, they're not sending their best, you know, talking about the illegal aliens. Oh, they're not sending their best. And then people like Nancy Pelosi said, oh, no, they're just here. They're just looking for uh, they just want to feed their families and 
and, and, and they're good people. They're all good people. This is what this person did. This, this person has said, uh, Oropesa, this, this shooter, was previously ordered removed by an immigration judge on March 16th and subsequently removed by ICE enforcement and removal operations to Mexico. In 2009, a spokesman for the U.S. ICE told Fox News, it says, at an unknown time and location, Oropesa unlawfully re-entered the United States and was apprehended and removed several more times by ICE. This is Joe Biden. Oropesa, who sometimes uses the additional hyphenated surname Perez Torres, has previously been convicted in Montgomery County of driving while intoxicated and sentenced to serve time in jail. As a result of the incident, they call it, they issued a arrest warrant for his murder, homicide. This is the person, though. This is this is who. Who knows how many of these people are pouring across the border? But we're not allowed to say that, you know. No, 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 no. Because this is what happens. See this poor man here. See this poor man, Hispanic man. All all illegal illegal immigration. And we're told, see this man here, this poor man, is to benefit people like him. Because all Hispanics, we're told, favor illegal immigration. They favor not having any type of background on these people coming in. Because they know, as we know on the left, that the U.S. government is racist. American society is racist. And we need more diversity. And so this man, he understands that. And he knows that this guy... We just got to let a few of these guys in there. If they happen to sneak in, so be it. That's the necessary price we pay as a society for a more diverse society, which just so happens to ensure Democrat dominance at the polls in perpetuity. And that's what you have to think about when you go to the polls. Joe Biden, Grandpa Joe, you know, with his sniffing little girls and with his dirtbag son who's who had to be hauled into court in order to pay child support and all his dealings with China and everything else about this guy, though, we have to just you have to remember that when you go to the polls. Think of this poor family that was shot up because he represents the left. He may not know it. He very well may not know it. He's clueless. His brain is Swiss cheese at this point, but he represents them no matter what. So when you're voting for him, this is what you're voting for. You're voting for more of this stuff. You're voting for more people like this poor man here grieving because his family was shot. And you're also voting so Joe Biden can go on TV after this happens and say, we need to ban guns. That's his idea. Cynical. Anyway, that's it for today. This is Dr. Tommy Show. Go to drtommy.com slash podcast and uh, subscribe and share. And we appreciate you listening. So have a good day. And until then, bye-bye. 